0: Welcome to the Woman Who Rubs the Mountain podcast, a gathering place for conversations and stories of ecological embodiment. I am your host and guide, Kendra Ward. So it is with a wide available heart that we return to this single question. What happens when we rub on the body of the earth? How does it brush back against us? And it's here that we seek an intimacy, a love affair with the land and beings where we live. In this loving, both locally and globally, we're exploring the difference between the old paradigm of making, of self-making versus a new creative, strange, disruptive way of making with, becoming with, or relating with beyond the human-centric limitations of our current dreaming. By coming together and sharing experiences of embodied ecology, our reality shifts, our core truths sharpen, and space is made for a new, old, earth-honoring culture to reemerge. So this is the spell, the intention I continue to create, and today's episode is directly informed by the hummingbirds in this pollinator garden that I am making with and the goldfinches that have recently discovered the blooming sunflowers and the cloud pattern today, which is really in this continuous wave shape that is is really beautiful. So I'm honored to be in conversation with Camilla Blossom today. Camilla is a land alchemist, a soul midwife, a vibrational energy healer, light worker, and pioneering flower essence alchemist. She loves to mentor souls who wish to deepen their relationship with Gaia and the fairies, elementals, and spirits of nature. Her books and oracle decks cover flower essences, mermaids, and co-creating a new earth with sacred spirits of Gaia. And the best way to learn more about her is through her website, camillablossom.com. So thank you so much for being here today with me, Camilla. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you for inviting me, Kendra. I'm just so aligned with all this magic and energy here and conversations you're bringing forward. So I really appreciate that.
0: Beautiful. Well, I'd love to hear more about the land where you live and how you find intimacy with this place, especially through a sense of embodiment, soil, ground, the, the mud of ourselves, so to speak.
1: Well, it's kind of interesting you ask about the land, of course, because I am a land alchemist and work so intimately. But I've also been, I um, call myself more of a land walker where um, earth walker versus earth keeper. Although that's shifting, someone that moves around a lot, which has been more of my life of being told to go to different lands and move to different places. So I've only been where I am for a year, but I am right near an arboretum that's right along the Columbia River, and it's a really magical place that I've begun working with more deeply. Um, I do garden with people, a vegetable garden. There's lots of flower gardens um, and old trees there, Um, and I can feel the ancestral energy. So I've been spending more and more time there just... Being present. Um, I just made an essence of Daisy there. Um, So, doing these different things I love to do, whether that's just meditating, sitting, um, talking to the trees, ceremony, making the essences, those are all ways for me that help me like really get deeper into my body. Um, I'm an empath, I'm very feeling. So, I think how you describe the importance of yeah, being in your body to open to kind of see that we are, the way we communicate with nature is called the language of nature. And to me, it's all through feelings. So any way I can just be more present to the invitation um, of the fairies and ancestors and spirits of land. Um, and then they show up and so I've been having a lot of magical connections Um, but it feels kind of newer you know I'm in a newer place that um, that has called me to be and yeah just spending time but in my um, land alchemy practice I've kind of like to make things simple both for myself and then teaching there are these four words that came in to help kind of describe um those relationships that form with the different spirits and what that is all about and really that first in, first word is invitation so i'm always like open to where are the invitations where does my body feel good where am i called where am i Hmm. Um like being ushered into a magical doorway that if you just kind of walked around in this land, you might not notice. But if you go deeper and go into that doorway, like there's fairy land or multi-dimensional, uh, magical kind of energies and experiences. So the invitation feels really important. And so I think this land, this arboretum invited me for that dance Hmm. and then presence which i shared it feels really key just being present especially in this new earth energy it feels less and less about force pushing trying hard doing accomplishing and much more uh just showing up being present sitting next to a tree um, sitting with the daisies and the fairies and then from that from that space, um, co-creation is that next word, and it feels like that void, that creative spirit, where if we're in that space of emptiness, even of love, of presence, then so much can come through through that. Um, that's where we create and manifest from. Hmm um and then transformation to me is right it's alchemy but that just results out of these ways to be with the earth and i know from the work you do this is very much aligned with <laughs> this kind of intimacy i love how you talk about that like mm. it is such a vulnerable and intimate and um, heart opening. Um, like discovery process, right? That, um, that may be different for everybody, but it is like a rewilding and unwinding of maybe what we thought it was or how we were supposed to, supposed to, or should do it. Right. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I went, I was recently listening to uh, a talk by Sophie strand and she was, Vulnerably sort of um, confessing that, you know, how much easier she finds it to be in love affair with land over humans. You know, that it's just so hard to to open up totally in that way with another human, but it feels so much safer to be in love with the land. So hoping that... that this is available to more and more people that we don't, you know, we have so much training and thinking that when we need support or help or just conversation that we, that it has to be with another human. Um, And so remembering that, that there's so much available within our wider family of kinship um, and that there's just this, um, and it's just so much, opens when we allow ourselves to be buoyed by everything um, so and I, I love your your fronting of invitation and presence in writing about presence recently I had this sort of statement arise to me which is presence is becoming an endangered creature on this planet you know really having the sense of of presence. Um, leaving us, you know, and this just the all this, the sadness and that and all that that represents. So I, I really I strongly feel how important presence is to call in regularly. Yeah. 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 Well, tell us a little bit mm. more about land alchemy. I'm just really, really curious to I mean, you've, you've hinted upon it for us. Yeah. Um, but how, what does that mean to you? How do you, how do you mm-hmm. practice it? And perhaps you might offer us some ideas on how we might collectively engage in land alchemy, because I just have this sense that, that it's available to all of us, um, given the opportunity, especially if we might have a contract or an agreement of sorts to work with certain nature spirits as part of our, our mm-hmm. soul's expression or expansion.
1: yeah. Yes. Um, Well, land alchemy kind of came through my work making flower essences where I'd be out on these lands in the wilderness and the Columbia River Gorge and a lot of ancestor spirits and fairies and beings would come to me. And so gradually I started working more with them and different elementals showing up, giving me teachings. Um, So it just was like this natural progression of Um, honoring the land and the places and a lot of it was about relationship just like what we're talking about that relationship with these different spirits of land and being an empath and a sensitive I would just feel so much when I'd recognize like what these beings and even these beings would communicate to me um, let's say the fairies or the um the tree spirits that they really were struggling on these places because people weren't listening to them they were chopping down trees or they were building houses. And a lot of people may be well-meaning, but there wasn't very much communication. And it just made me sad. I think my elemental fairy heart was like, Oh, like something (laughs) needs to change. And I can be an ambassador for how we can like form co-creative, intentional, conscious relationships with these different spirits in whatever way that is for us, you know, Um, but really open that communication because as I've worked with them for, you know, 20 or some years now, like they want to co-create with us, their land and places and Gaia want to be in circle with humanity and even receive instructions from us. I keep getting that this year, like they want to work with us, like in equal, so, you know, sovereignty, like each being having sovereignty, the trees having their own sovereignty, the plants, the crystals, the the valley, the the devas, the waters, like respecting all of life that they can all have a say they can all bring forward their magic and also share like, what is the purpose of this place? Like, what are they doing here? Have they been disrupted? Do they need um, support? And so this sort of process of having these deep relationships with all these beings um, moved into doing work with them in, I call land council. So there's like me, and then inviting in these different beings and the ancestors that still, a lot of Indigenous ancestors still stay with land as a guardian. So um, from that, I just started listening to what they wanted to work with. And sometimes it was clearing the historical imprints on the land, you know, things that had happened there before, like lifting up that old energy, clearing that. Sometimes it was helping the the ghosts, the discarnate energies, the indigenous spirits, like, move on to their next place in the Rainbow Bridge. Sometimes it was um, water devas that would show up, like, covered with gauze. I would see that a lot. They were, like, trying to work on a creek or a river, and they were all, like, congested and covered I'm like oh and so um I would work with them and see well how can I support them and a lot of it was through presence and love and and um working with these other spirits to help it making offerings you know doing a lot of honoring a lot of relationship building um a lot of asking permission and then it feels like as I would do that, more and more of them would trust me. And so then it became more easier and easier to, like, oh, you know, this place needs this. For example, I was living out in Mosier, Oregon, and that creek deva felt kind of covered. And so the woman that lived on the land and I would go down and make offerings and um, do and sing and listen for her name marilla was her name so we would sing that name back to her as like her signature which is a vibration and help her awaken and then i remembered i had this crystal i had bought in recently it had all the play of color you know with all the rainbows in it i'm like you know i think this is marilla's crystal so i took it down to the creek and i put it in the water i could still get chills just saying this again i put it in the water And as soon as I did that, I just felt this huge like explosion of light and this opening of radiant um, energy and you know, water is on its higher octave light. Mm -hmm. So like doing these little actions that come in um, that we get intuitively. And this is sort of speaking what you said, Kendra, about what other people can do. Like when you have these intuitive ideas or just things pop in your head or dreams, like oh, I just feel like that crystal wants st- to right go in the creek. So I put it in the creek. And then what resulted, too, was as soon as her energy of the creek expanded and that gauze was gone, I could feel her, like, light up and become rainbows again. Like, it triggered my own heart, and my own heart went, woo, and opened as well. Hmm. And so it just reminded me of that connection, like, how – when we help the land feel better and kind of come back to harmony or balance or, you know, honor, give appreciation and love, just like we would with hum- humans like that, right? Well, the spirits love that. And so just simple ways we do that um, can activate them and like restore their energy. And as a result, then we can be on land that feels really good, that feels happier. Mm -hmm. And then the spirit can begin working with us, you know, in our gardens and the gnomes can work in the gardens. The unicorns can come, the, you know, whoever you want to work with, Mm -hmm. they can um, start dancing with you. So when I do this work, I, I teach it, I have a whole um, program, which I'll share at the end, And I also mentor people one-on-one, but I also do sessions. And I love it when people want to be involved in a session, a land alchemy session, which are online, and I can also do, I do on-site as well. But I go through a process with someone where I'll ask a lot of questions about the history, you know, what's happened on this land, is there... um, been events because a lot of times people come to me when there's an issue right there's like something doesn't feel right or there feels like there's ghosts or I can't sell a place I just worked with someone in New York City he couldn't sell his Mm. apartment and it's because his mother the ghost of his mother was hanging out (laughs) right that'll do it right (laughs) yeah Um, so yeah so anyway when I do a session with someone it's kind of a process of um, I've sort of developed over the years uh, a land alchemy practice of different prayers and different um, protocols and offerings and, and then a series of practices so that it's just easier to tune in because there's so many different things. Land uh, work can be really big and multi-leveled. And so um, I just have practices where, you know, does this land want to work with color? Does it need retrieval, bringing back the fairies? Does it need clearing of attachments people have to it, either positive or because traumas happened? Like there's so many things like human bodies, Mm -hmm. right? There's so many things and healing and traumas like land has had the same. And so I apply a lot of my, I've been a healer for uh, energy, healer for people for many years. And it just felt like, oh, I can just do this with the earth. So, um, yeah, so there's a beautiful process. And just to give another example, I did one recently in Portland. And when I went into the neighborhood, it just felt like, eh, the energy doesn't feel so good in this neighborhood. And she had told me that. And I get to her house, I was like, eh didn't feel good either. And, um, but when we started to work, it became clear that there was sort of energetic attachments that her and her husband needed to let go of. Um, so we worked with that and that freed up a lot of energy for them and their family and their place. But then also that there was a water portal there and she was like a water keeper person Mm. and her son was too. And so there's all this connection with her family and her son and like their purpose being on the land and how they could work with that water portal. Um, Like, also just want to say to people out there, like being careful when you work with portals, not to open them without being guardians afterwards. So that was important step for her to step into guardianship. And as soon as we work with this place and cleaned it out and cleared it, it was just like, whoo. I can feel that again in my body, like that light could just shine forth. So I guess just to finish that land alchemy piece, really it's about reawakening or awakening land or Gaia in these places Mm -hmm. um, is what it feels like to me, right? Even though we're clearing land, balancing, harmonizing, um, that kind of work. It really feels like awakening that land once again to its beauty and purpose um, is kind of what what the result I like to see it's you know what I mean like some people do energy clearing with more of an idea of just um, clearing old energy which is important but I feel like it's a it's a for me it's a it's a holistic like it's more than just the clearing old things out you know with smudging or right prayers and i mean that's part of it but it's relationship it's awakening it's guardianship stewardship yeah
0: oh i love those stories thank you for giving us those examples because i think that that really helps Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: and and just you you, I got this, the overwhelming sense of that relational piece. It's like, where's the the human being um, in relation to everything else? Like in, it's not just like you doing some ceremonies or something. It's just so much more holistic than that. It's so much more uh, multi-leveled. And um, I just really love the way your encouragement of sort of following our own creativity um, you know, uh, through listening, you know that that can guide us. It, just like you, I've only been living in the place where I'm living now for one cycle, like one year's worth. And you know, there are blessings and difficulties with with being so fresh in a place. Um, but this, I pr- I I prayed for almost a year to. Find this place where I'm living now, and um, overwhelmingly, like the connection that, that needed to happen was that this land was not breathing, like it was a place where there's no breath at all in the in the in the land. There, it was all brambles and overgrown, and um, it just needed to be tended to you know in a in a conscious way and so just it's just amazing in one single year with I've had this amazing fairy pollinator large garden arise and some of it has been my plantings but some of it was just waiting there in the soil like waiting to arise and there's such huge life coming from that right now so this um, this idea of just listening in and following the voices, or, or just tuning in enough to be able to attend to what the land is asking. Mm-hmm. So,
1: I, I just want to share this because you're talking about breath too. That maybe for you as an example, um, like tuning into that breath. Well, the air dragons are a being you could call in and work with as well Mm. to bring more breath, more wind, more air, the wind spirits as well. Mm -hmm. But, um, but yeah, if you wanted to like open relationship to an elemental um, those that work the air, you know, the silver, the fairies, like you said, you are working with them, but if you want to invite connection, it really just requires an asking um, to work with that air dragon or, um, and see if that might be a nice addition to what you're doing.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the dragonfly spirit is very strong here. Okay. And we have yeah. a, a cre- I see them as sort of like air dragons yeah, a little bit. Definitely. Um, and <laughs> we, there's also a really magical Creek that I, I really feel like the dragonfly spirit, um, comes from. And so, yes just just loving on these places you know versus before it just was asleep you know it just hadn't Mm -hmm. um it just hadn't been tended to so yeah thank you well I'm wondering um I feel like there's this strong theme of reconnecting and reclaiming the feminine in your work Mm -hmm. and i would love to explore this a little bit deeper so on your blog you talk about how one of your guides awapia the night owl helps guide you in the dark to explore your shadows of power so i was hoping you could expand on this and just tell us a little bit more about what it means to you
1: yeah thanks for asking about that Um... The grandmothers have been uh, um, important teachers for me. The spirit grandmothers, which Awapia is part of um, 13 spirit grandmothers channeled by Judith Moore um, in her book, Visions of Wisdom, which I'll share in your um, description here. And so I've been um, sharing them with other um, people, too, in grandmother lodges because they've been such empowering uh, spirits to work with, and there's such a as we know the the rising of the value of the feminine, the rising of women, of the sacred feminine, and also for me, I just feel my origins go way back to the beginning of Earth. There's a sense of um, that part of my mission too is to work really with that um, nurturing uh the space of creation like the womb the and i do a lot of yeah you know, ancestor work and when i started doing that i kept seeing how these lineages of women that we all have whether that's soul or bloodlines had so many you know harsh experiences um and of course today we we do as well so i think some of my own lineage ancestral explorations kind of connected me more with uh my own ancestors and then who are the spirits that can help with this lineage healing. Um kind of this ancient beginning source of where these, you know, issues may have occurred. Um, but also the wisdom, like I've noticed when we go back far enough or open to that ancient um even hardship, like when we'd be present with that and help that unwind and bring healing like all these gifts would flow forward all these you know magical things because a lot of persecution right for um especially women like us where we were herbalists and midwives and um medicine people and so so much of that was shut down and persecuted so for me there's been a huge long healing process with my ancestry with persecution with being able to feel that I am embodying my power and more and more I feel that but I'm really want to help other women like model how you can move to that place of feeling that and um, and support that so a lot of my work and being more of a leader and an elder and a kind of grandmother in a way um, is to support that for others because they do hold that unity energy, that hope energy, that energy of, um, using our voice, like the hope we have the prophecy, the, um, earth will heal when the grandmothers speak. Mm. And so for me, that, um, the feminine, and then I just feel that I so much of, um, how I am here to grow and learn is well, like the flowers and the feminine and the womb um, magic and healing. So, so much of the medicine, even like making wild lily flower essences, there's such a powerful healing for women. And so it just sort of happened. And actually my first kind of big, um, dark night of the soul that opened me the most was having my child, my son, 26 years ago. And so that whole story of becoming a mother, um, what that means, um, how to value myself as a more gentle, intuitive, empathic, sensitive, you know, all the traits we usually associate with the feminine, um, just felt like they're part of this nature work, work with Gaia, work with the divine mother, um, with Isis, Hathor's um, mother, Mary, Mary Magdalene, like white Buffalo, and the grandmothers. Like, it just feels like there's such a spiritual um, richness of connecting with who can help us. And even like Mary Magdalene went through so much shame and um, she's such a model for how we can move. And so back to the Awapia, the um, grandmother owl, um, it was kind of neat. I was just at the Fairy Congress and they did this ceremony there that was, um, came from, it's been done 45,000 years on the earth for a goddess ceremony, and it was really beautiful and simple. But I saw the owl in the sacred fire, it was so cool! Wow, but the yeah, so the owl grandmother, um, each of the grandmothers that are part of this 13 spirit grandmothers, I've also had teachers among the indigenous grandmothers. Like um, Maria Lisi from the Amazon. So there's sort of the love and beauty of physical teaching grandmothers and that. But these spirit grandmothers, anyone can get in touch with just by asking. Um, That whole idea of shadows of power, like I was working, doing a lodge with her about a month ago. I kind of do them online with those who want to join that. And I just got that phrase shadows of power. And I'm like, Oh yeah, that's right now. It's such a powerful thing for women because we've been trained so much in that patriarchal cultural mindset away from nature. Right. And so, um, so really bringing ourselves to recognize and myself, what are my shadows of power and realizing like, this journey I've been on, um, you know, I'm almost like sidestepping my power or stepping back or letting someone else step forward or being too shy or um, not wanting to speak out enough. Or, you know, there's all these ways that I think a lot of us more nature, women in particular, or maybe for men it's, um, or some, it's that aspect of them, their quiet fairy self, very queen self or something can express in different ways. But that sense that, um, yeah, that there's ways to hold our power, just as I was describing the land alchemy, the invitation, presence, co-creation, transformation, that to me is power. Hmm. And she's been teaching that. And then the other piece about power, like I know in the definition out there in the, kind of wired wider world <laughs> is um, there's, I don't even know what to call that world but because I create <laughs> my own story right we're creating our own world here um that's just taking gradually taking place but that definition of power is so distorted so for me that um what I see now with that what power is is when you are and powerful people who are powerful people. They're like medicine people. They're people that are strong in their choice and they're clear in their boundaries and in their truth. And so, um, what was I I was going somewhere with that.
0: (laughs) Sorry. You were talking about.
1: Spiral around.
0: Yeah, power, Um, people who are feeling powerful in their truth.
1: Okay. Right. So what I realized, like my new definition or focus for power is when I, in the bigger I, mm. am in relationship with my and through my higher self, right, at one with that, and in relationship with all of nature, with Gaia, with Divine Mother, Divine Father, with all these spirits and fairies and beings, like when you have when I have a really strong relationship with these powerful beings and I am part of that, it's like, that's my power. It's really, um, it's more like dolphins and pods, right? Mm. It's together. Mm. And there's a piece for me that's individual and, you know, my shining that's Mm. that I can do right. That someone else maybe can't. And it isn't like an ego kind of power. It's, uh, you know, that comes from those external things that our culture teaches us having, you know, having more stuff and fancy things and um, a cool job or whatever. It really comes from, um, from a relationship, I guess, for me. Like when I'm in these powerful relationships and able to work with them in that and like do the land alchemy or create these flower essences or work with people it's like right and Uh create this new earth that's right what we're doing here and just coming together the two of us and then all those who are joining in this delight and energy conversation Uh are like right we're building and creating visioning um the story we want that we're we're in we're it right exactly even with that going on out there it's like no i don't really need to go there Mm -hmm. or dwell in there it's kind of harsh (laughs) it's very harsh it's harsh out there be awake to it all yes yes
0: (laughs) yeah well i i just i feel you know super in alignment with um with everything that you, you know, kind of this new definition of power, I've sort of explored that through the word confidence, um, mm-hmm. doing a deep dive into that by writing a book, um, which I published last year called "Throwing Thunder: Awakening mm-hmm. the Forces of Nature in Every Woman," which really explores this new paradigm of how do we, how do we define confidence or 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 know new levels of trust through feeling ourselves um, in those relationships and through deciding that we want to kind of throw out new definitions of confidence and explore that through this, a sense of wholeness in the living world, you know? So, um, so it's, we're really, we're really like,
1: yeah, that speaking word the same is, language. Yeah, definitely confidence is a big one, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Yeah, it is.
1: And stepping into leadership
0: mm-hmm.
1: with confidence. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. yeah, and even I, and even now, after having written a book about it and spending <laughs> years kind of in a deep dive around it, mm-hmm. even now I have to say that the, that word confidence. I don't love, you know, it's like, cause it's so mired in sort of the patriarchal baggage around power plays and like forcing ourselves upon situations. Um, you know, the word self-trust, honestly, just resonates deeper for me. Um, so it's, it's, um, it's interesting when really pay attention to, you know, the, how even a word can have so much energy, um, Attachments in a way to it.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so a lot of,
1: yeah, a lot of the languaging, right? Like it's fun to kind of make up new words. Mm-hmm. I made up a new word. It actually happened on Labor Day. I didn't really know that, but I made up this word, lovelihood. <laughs> and instead of trying to have a livelihood, you know, it was like, no, I want a lovelihood. I want to have work and that's abundant that I share that's created from and with love and shares that. So I kind of use that one. So we can, you can make up your own word, right? Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> that's a good idea. I need to, I need to sit with yeah. that. Like just read, you know, total new invention.
1: Um, yeah. Right. So yeah.
0: yeah. Well, I wanted to just take a moment to, to spiral back to the grandmothers and, you know, I've never, um, I've never had any training per se on um, grandmother wisdom. It's just always been something that I asked for. And it sort of, I feel like it's so readily available. And even with my children, I feel like it's something very easy to access. You know, I can say to them before bed, like make sure to um, tune into your grandmothers, you know, And, Mm -hmm. and they understand that, you know, beyond just their physical grandmothers. So... Wondering if there's anything else that you wanted to add to calling in the grandmothers in this conversation.
1: Yeah, that's beautiful. I love it. I think it sort of shows um, a reflection of where you are and the work you're doing and kind of, um, yeah, you just feel it. And I think for people that really resonate, there is kind of a deep knowing that there's something ancient inside like in our bones there's wisdom um we carry that wisdom of the grandmothers of that feminine that kind of was so suppressed and i love kendra you talked about seeing the grandmothers in the trees and on the land and Mm -hmm. um at the fairy congress we were talking about it too. that discussion of often nature is a reflection you know um, that Gaia and God, goddess, whatever, creator is like that reflection back to us. And I think there's this huge need for, I know for myself to have elders, um, to have wise men, women um, to support me, to guide me, to help me learn how to be um, an elder, a grandmother, Um, when I say grandmother, not even the physical you know the honorary like how we as women who haven't had a really strong network a lot of us of um elder you know either bloodline or just around us um or you know how we can open to the spirits for that um and to me the these grandmothers i work with um Spirit grandmothers, the circle, kind of are a kind of creation story in themselves because they came through the um the cosmic womb of creation in order to create this planet. And it kind of is an interesting way to kind of open our mind because so much of us have been programmed to believe, you know, like as women, we came out of the rib of Adam or something, you know, like there's a lot of creation stories that I'm just like, eh, or even just being in patriarchal culture, we don't really, you know, get like how the origin. So something about just opening and asking to attune with grandmothers and anyone can do this, the spirit of the grandmothers um, or the grandmothers in a tree or place, like we get to open to that really ancient origins of our beginnings and um, not to like be stuck in the old, but to really bring forward that knowledge, that wisdom, that, um, that beautiful dance that we carry everything we need within us. And we know, like I was with this, cedar tree um in i'm in the pacific northwest and the cedars are considered the tree of life here so i'm sitting with my back to the cedar tree and the cedar's like um you have a wisdom body and i have a wisdom body so it's calling it like a wisdom body Mm -hmm. and explaining to me that as a tree it has this almost felt like an aura but much bigger like a merkaba maybe if you're used to that term, but this wisdom body, yeah, this wisdom body like extend out and said, it's as big as the earth. So it's like tapping into that ancient wisdom of creation and these. um, So then it told me that I had that wisdom body too. And that was as big as the earth. And so something about tuning into these spirit grandmothers who, you know, are bringing through the different threads of creation. I think it, it just naturally aligns us with, you know, all that you work with too, Kendra, this way of creating this new story. Like I'm really at the same time, I'm really into this very ancient old wisdom and comfort and, mm. and um, pow empowerment and hope from the grandmothers. Like I'm also really into doing, um, planetary light work that's all future oriented of right like how we vision and create a new future and so it's almost like calling in the energies that support us that walk behind us and we can lean against and know that we're comforted even if we don't have you know the physical grandmothers we can have that support Um, And they can teach us. They're always teaching and guiding and, you know, whatever it is you need. And then also that can help us um, learn how to be present here. And then how do we want to open to the future? So there's a lot of just wisdom. It's almost even hard to say it in words. I guess I'm just sort of blah blah, but <laughs> right? Sometimes it's just like, okay, I'm just seeing what's coming out and I think they're good with it, but they're yeah telling me they're good with it. But it is like to me, all this work is like it's so much the energy, right? It's like just for us to talk about it together with those that are listening to just sharing this and talking and having this conversation, like letting yourself feel what does that feel like in your body too, to hear, oh, the grandmothers, like uh-huh. they're here, Awapia or tiwani who I call the fairy grandmother or the uh-huh. star nation grandmother or the, um, the spiral grandmother. Like they seem to expand our consciousness to, you know, the greater multidimensionality of, of who we are, what earth is all about and why we're here. So
0: yeah. Well, thank you for saying their names. I'm sure they appreciate yeah, that. Yes, and, yes. and just, um, you know, every time I get a little bit like down the, re- the, the wormhole of thinking I'm creating <laughs> something new, I'm like, Oh, hold up. It's not something new at all. It's just a remembering. Right. Yeah, um, exactly. So yeah, that's a
1: really good word for this. Mm-hmm. There's so much, right. Is Um, a remembering and like we were talking about earlier all the when we do that work of connecting and honoring and opening to the ancestors and these these ancient ones like the gifts can then flood to us and then those maybe those pieces that were like oh my gosh I you know had this thing in me that I didn't really know what it was like this part that wanted expression or that's here to help Gaia or I know there's a lot of light workers feeling that like how do I work with Gaia more and, you know, what is the way I can be of service? Yeah. So just being more surrendered to, yeah, how it can work through us. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Well, it just to kind of, you know, along those same lines, I'm, um, I, I'm just really feeling how there's this increasing presence of everything, mono, like monoculture, monolingual, mono mono agricultural. And I'm wondering if you could speak because I feel like it's such a part of what you do, um, this role of creativity and imagination in helping us dream beyond these like empty hollow landscapes that that seem to just intensify and intensify Mm -hmm. over time. Um, So what has been coming up for me is a sense of feeling like beauty is at risk you know with every being that goes extinct every day you know that's some beauty that's left the world Mm -hmm. and so i'm hoping that you could speak a little bit more to the sense of using creativity and imagination to continue to create a world we want to
1: live in yeah i love that question kendra um yeah because in a sense sometimes I feel like I think it's that inner child part of me that just like using my imagination my playfulness my joy and sometimes mm-hmm. I haven't always valued that as something um you know in our culture doesn't value that but I think people that are really on you know, what they need to be onto in this world and this change, that is probably the most important thing, right? Because everything is created from that place of our imagination and um, using our creativity um, and making spaces for that, right? Making space for us to be and to be present and to not try to figure out things out or accomplish anything, but to really allow Mm -hmm. um, that to move through. So I think that's a really beautiful back to, to that, what you were talking about, like things that we can all do. Um, even in your garden, in your, where you live, like spending time um, moving into that playful place. Like I love to have fairy tea parties, like, you know, with yourself and the fairies um, just something that kind of like jazzes you or, or coloring Um, painting, um, singing, dancing, like some magic expression that you love, Um, drumming, getting into those spaces when in nature so that you can kind of open up to that more imagination, the pretending, the playfulness. Like when I'm teaching people how to connect with their gnomes, Hmm. um, I do this, sometimes I teach this dance to do with it, But also like when you open and ask, I want to connect with my gnomes. Let's say you're out in your garden. I really want to connect with the gnomes because they have a lot of beautiful offerings um, for the soil and the ground and the more grounded and even structure, even with your business and abundance, they can help Mm -hmm. as well as a fairy. So let's say you want to connect with them and. I invite people to open and connect and ask them to come near and imagine like a rainbow of light from your heart out to your gnome or the gnomes in the area to like create the connections. And the gnomes back in like 2012 told me that things have changed for the relationship between humans and gnomes, that we can, the veils are gone and they've actually like more and more are releasing that we have the ability to be in a relationship with them like never before. And that's even intent, like opened more. So using that rainbow and you can use this with a lot of different spirits, with fairies or any unicorns, any spirit or tree, but just seeing like rainbows coming from your heart that are sort of the physical representation of love, of appreciation, of I'm honoring of sacredness and just letting that. So let's say you're doing that to your gnome and that's going to call them closer and to recognize like you're wanting connection and then they come closer and then use your imagination. Like, Oh, I wonder what my gnome looks like. Hmm. Do they have a name they want to be called. So being in that really playful, or you could do this with your kids too, right? <laughs> like do it with people that are want to play and have fun. And then, um, and then that's applied, like all that magic and playfulness and fun and using your imagination. When I'm, for example, I'm really called this year to do more. Um, I've been doing a lot of light work kind of privately planetary light work, right? Do meditations and work with the earth energies and the grids and that kind of thing for the kind of planet as a whole or different places kind of from the bigger picture. And this year I was really called, it was important to do more of that, but do it like lead a group to do more of that. And um, so I did set up a patron community for that. And in that um, really, it's sort of an opportunity to practice using our imagination, our presence and showing up and it's such a great thing even just to do on your own. Like if you, if you're not used to doing that kind of work, like sitting in meditation and just asking Gaia to appear before you or this land or this place that feels like you were saying hollow and depleted or, um, you know, a land that is struggling or the Amazon or something where they're cutting a lot of trees and just holding that space, um, in love. So we start, and sometimes it requires us to really recognize the grief, right? It's like there's always the importance of um, honoring all that we feel. And that may be what surfaces at first. And then there may be this sense, okay, um, I feel that and I would like to be present in the way that I can from a higher perspective. What would I like to see from the grief from the anger from the mm-hmm. any any emotion like use that as a power to kind of birth like well, what do you really want to see there what do you want to see on earth what would and i think the other key is to do this with in the state of acceptance so there's no judgment there's no judgment when you see a land trashed or when you see trees cut, like, yeah, they're heartbreaking. I get it. There's a lot of grief. There's, you know, having grief ceremonies, is an important thing. I think we're going to need to do more of and when we can be in that state where there's no judgment from the higher perspective, like there's that power that we can imagine we can hold space for, we can create, and we don't block creation by judging something as good or bad like the new earth energies are not defined by the polarity they just are right Mm -hmm. so we accept all that is and then allow um okay like i really want to see more rainbow colors that comes in a lot like okay or certain colors like pink like the divine feminine colors um i even once had that vision out in the columbia river gorge on the cliff like of these pink waters pouring down the Mm -hmm. cliff and like, Oh, so maybe that's an area that we can, that I could focus on that needs this pink mother energy. Like she's sharing it, this place on the earth, but also that we can bring more of that pink and just see that in that land or on your land, let's say Mm -hmm. you want to bring that grandmother and, and healing. You can imagine pink. And then, Oh, all of a sudden you see some gold coming in. And then, oh, there's some sparkles, like some magic sparkles from the fairies coming in. Mm -hmm. Just just sort of imagining we're here with you. So you might start seeing like, oh, what are you seeing? Um, Oh, are you seeing some fairies come in? Are you seeing one of your ancestors? Like using, that's really how I journey with people, right? Opening that. And then for this, visioning a new earth like that's what we're doing like the more we do this the more we hold this and do it ourselves and then do it together or do it linked with others like we're creating new fields of energy for Gaia right like all of a sudden like okay there's like fields of energy that are pink and golden and they carry all this beautiful um, divine mother and fairy energy like how can that not make change right (laughs) Yeah, it's playful, right? Exactly. Like heartbreaking. It's like, yeah, I feel the, I feel all of it. You know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) I've had lots of years of, I've been reading this book, Bittersweet, and she talks a lot about longing and, you know, sadness. I'm like, I've had a lot of my life of a lot of longing and sadness and grief. Mm -hmm. Now I'm learning, like, yeah, to be to be happier, but also recognize there's all of it. We need all of those.
0: Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it, it, as you were talking, I just got this overwhelming sense of just, maybe one of the biggest hurdles is just allowing ourselves to have an imagination period. You know, it's like mm-hmm. allowing ourselves to even access that period. And I do think it's really helpful to, um I just read a astrological uh, write-up for Leo energy from a friend, and and he posted um, a picture of his granddaughter, and she's like, you know, cool tie dye shirt with listening to music, and and it, the picture was so perfect for just that remembering and calling in that child energy, and it's it's such a simple thing. I mean, it's available to us all the time, but um, it really is just. You know, the layers of like adults um, the responsibilities and the the things that we we shut down and tune out from and and just just, like you said, the first word I think you used is playfulness, like just allowing that in again. So
1: mm-hmm. and valuing that. I think we live in a culture that yeah. puts that on children and doesn't see that that is really, like you said, simple. And is really a huge key to um, to bettering the world, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we're creators, we're master creators here, and and that's part of our power is to claim and be it and practice it, and it does involve getting over our you know ideas of ourselves mm-hmm. <laughs> and who we
0: think we are, <laughs> right? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs>
1: i've already well, learned all that yeah <laughs> yes right
0: i was um i was hoping that you might just in wrapping up tell us about any special events or projects you have going on or anything that's really close to your heart right now that you wanted to tell us mm-hmm. about
1: thank you yeah i do have a book i'm finishing up called the sacred spirits of gaia um co-creating a new earth with the fairies, elementals, ancestors, and spirits of land. And so that is a book that's my story of how I was led by different elementals, um, kind of being apprenticed by them and going to different places and how I learned and became that this became the life that I lead. And then it has um, kind of goes with a a deck of cards if you want to work that way but it's also independent of lots of stories and about all the different spirits so like the fairy queen and the unicorns and the gnomes and the mountain spirits Mm -hmm. and sort of stories of them and and then also how you can co-create with them so it's like stories mixed in with how you can open so a lot of what we were talking about today um this is kind of ways you can do rituals or a meditation or something to help open that. And then for people who want to do more, I mentioned my Patreon for doing the light work together. Um, I do the grandmother lodges online mostly. And um, in the fall, through the winter and into the spring, I do a more in in-depth dive into um, it's called Gateway to Gaia Land Alchemy Training. And so, we'll go deeper into working with those relationships, um, self-discovery, imagination, playfulness, and then, um, also like how to work with land, use these practices, um, and protocols. And we do a lot of journeys in those wisdom teachings. And I'm not one that learns very well with a lot of informational teaching. So I think like what we did here today, a lot of it's very, um, learning within our own selves, like, and remembering, right? Hmm. So doing practices and connecting deep inside ourselves. There's a lot there that can help us feel more confident and powerful and able to create and co-create the life we want, the home we want, the land, the, the world, so... Yeah, and um and I do private mentorship and sessions too. So a lot of things are on my website if you want to explore and feel free to contact me. Um and that's CamillaBlossom.com. So
0: beautiful. Yeah. And and I will be posting all of that um on the show notes for today. So it will be available to everyone by looking there. So well So many thanks to you, Camilla, for spending your time with me and just for your place on this planet with me. I'm so glad that we have gotten to share this time together and um, just tuning into your role as an ambassador, as a as a land walker, um, as a as a teacher in the sacred feminine and just as a as a lover of it all. So just appreciating you. And Mm -hmm. I. Yeah, so much gratitude to everyone that shared this time with us. I know that it's precious and for being willing to stay in the troubles of it with us, for finding new ways of relating while also simultaneously submerging ourselves in a great love for this beautiful home that we all share. And if listening today felt of benefit to you, Please consider subscribing to the podcast ongoingly from whatever your preferred uh, listening source is. That way you can be automatically notified when a new episode is released. So oceans of love to everyone saying goodbye for now.